This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 77 of I Doubt It with Dollamore, and I am the aforementioned Jesse Dollamore, your host sitting across from me. Happy to be back is my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. So happy. It's been like a little vacation. I know it has. We didn't, we haven't recorded since last, from a week. I mean, we did the the Thanksgiving episode, but that that's not that didn't take the substantial amount of of prep time that goes into this show. Are normally regularly broadcast. Right. I mean it kind episodes. of did because it was difficult to find optimistic stories in the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we somehow managed, so it was good. It's awesome. Today, very happy today. Uh Sunday. November 30th, one day from December, the final month of the year, mm-hmm. and it is cold and rainy. Well, cold for California standard, but rainy and dreary and lovely outside. Oh, perfect. We, Brittany and I both very much enjoy it when it is something other than 75 to 80 degrees and sunny. Right, and, or how hot it was on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, it was 90 degrees, which is... 30, 32 degrees Celsius, which is hot. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that for our the rest of the world who doesn't go Fahrenheit. Okay. Well, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> you could have just been completely making something up and I would have been like, mm-hmm, yes. Maybe I did. Maybe uh, maybe everyone is grabbing their iPhones right now to do a little... A little conversion? Conversion in their phone, yeah. Yeah, they probably need to. Yeah. So... It, it was uh, dreadfully hot on Thanksgiving Day, the end of November, and it's one of the reasons why we really would like to move. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. I've lived here for over five years, and I'm still not used to it. It, it doesn't feel like the holidays around this time of year because it's so hot. Absolutely. And it's going to be December tomorrow, and it just it doesn't feel like that at all outside. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't match. Well, I'm... Especially with the rest of the country. Every time there's wet, listen to us talking about the weather, but every time that there's a weather snafu of sorts throughout the, the country or the globe, whether it be the polar vortex and the, oh, the whole, it's a deep freeze in the, in the, in the east and the, and the Midwest, it's, it never affects us. It's always fucking deep freeze everywhere except for here where we suffer from the Santa Ana winds and my skin hurts because it's so dried out. Oh, my God. My skin has been <laughs> wrecked because of the Santa Ana winds. Yeah, it's miserable. So if you like the same weather all the time, this is your location. Los Angeles or Southern California. Yeah. It's it because there's no different. It's the easiest job in the fucking world being a weatherman in this area. 
Right. Because it's the they could just record you once and then give you fifty grand and you come back next year and do the same forecast. It's fucking bullshit. Right. The bummer thing about it though is people don't know how to drive in the rain here because it's such a rare occasion for it to rain. Yeah. That everyone starts panicking on the roads when water starts to fall from the sky. You've had jobs where they let you go early because there was rain in the forecast. Yes. There was imminent rain. And <laughs> my boss came over. He said, well, it's getting ready to rain. So if you guys want to want to try to get home before the rain starts, you guys can go ahead and leave early. And I was sitting at my desk like, what? That's what, what do you mean? Ludicrous. <laughs> Completely ludicrous. I'm totally fine to drive in the rain. Well, the problem with that is, is that you're not necessarily having to leave because your ability to drive will be um, dampened. It's you have to rely on the safety of others. Right. And people drive like assholes. Right. Everywhere in Southern California. Yeah. It's an epidemic. I mean, don't I mean, get people worry about Ebola. It's the fucking driving that's going to kill you. For sure. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I was happy to leave that job so I didn't have to listen to my boss clipping his toenails anymore. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Have we talked about that on the show? I don't know, but we just did. Yeah. Brittany had a boss who he must have had the fastest growing toenails <laughs> in all of, of mankind because he clipped his toenails. It seemed like multiple times per week, loudly chomping on his thick gross man toenails crunk crunk clipping them in his in you know they they fly like shrapnel throughout the room yeah i i was two rooms away from him like his office was in a separate room and i would hear the clipping from my desk yeah and i would look around to see if anyone else heard it and i don't think anyone else was bothered by it but it would drive me insane not just the clipping but also the fact that he was in there touching his feet he's a terrible person and then he would come out and like touch other things and i wouldn't see him directly go wash his hands after just touching molesting his feet and the in between <laughs> of his toes where he has just i'm sure an infestation of lint and mold gross gross (laughs) yeah it was disgusting he was a terrible person not just for the clipping of the toes but he would he would bad he's just terrible well maybe we should do a terrible boss episode yeah it seems to me we've talked about this though because about terrible bosses maybe just something we had talked about talking about and then never actually talked about it yeah i'm not sure (laughs) no maybe we'll do that we're coming up on episode 100 we actually do want some ideas for something special that we're going to do for our 100th episode, which is rapidly approaching. At two shows a week, it fucking sneak it up on us quick. Yeah. So we're, we're actually definitely looking for that. We do want to thank you guys. Who knew we'd make it to 77 episodes? That's, that's rock star status. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the listeners. Oh. <laughs> Anytime I can give myself credit for something, I try to do that. So Yeah. And speaking of the listeners... We, on our little mini break, received an email from Alexander in Denmark, who again had some things to say to me. He says, hello, Jesse and Brittany. My name is Alexander, and I'm the Danish guy from episode 46. Yes, the social Democrat guy who thought Brittany was a Republican. Sorry, Brittany. (laughs) It's okay, Alexander. Get Get your shit straight. He, he has it straight way, now. He, he doesn't have it straight because I am not a Republican either. Mm. I'm not. I might be more conservative, but there's a difference. People just throw you into that category if well, you're a conservative. Uh, listen, I'll give someone who's not from the country 
a little bit of leeway. I won't give anybody in this country leeway to say that because I'm conservative, I'm a Republican. That's ridiculous. But it is kind of a freak show that I'm an atheist and conservative. Those things typically are oil and water and they don't mix at all. And right. I'm not conservative. I'm not, anyway, fuck. I know. Will you just shut up? I know. I'm Go kidding. On. I'm kidding. In your last episode, this is Alexander again talking, Jesse talked a little bit of shit about Scandinavia and their, quote, socialist bullshit. That made me think about some things. Number one, do you Americans know the difference between socialism and social democracy? If you look at the parties on the left in European politics, you will find out that most of the parties don't define themselves as being socialist, but social democrats. There is a huge difference between the ideologies. It's like comparing Karl Marx and Tony Blair. I'm a member of the Social Democratic Party of Denmark, but I don't define myself as being a socialist, but a socialist democrat. Social democratism is more centrist than socialism. I know that social democracy and socialism are connected to some extent, but it's not the same. Do Americans know the difference between the two? And why don't you use the right terms? <laughs> he just took a big, fat Danish shit right in my mouth. <laughs> he definitely did. Is yeah. that it? Is that it? Well, do you want me to read point number two as well? Or do you want to just respond to point number one? I don't remember what point number... Go ahead. Read the other one. Okay. I thought about, this is point number two, I thought about the way that Americans talk about Europe and European politics generally. You mostly hear that Europe is a socialist paradise and there is a lot of scaremongering going on about Europe. But do Americans know that there is a huge difference between the political climates in Europe? That social Europe and Scandinavia is left-leaning while northwestern Europe and eastern Europe are more conservative? Why does Europe, which is your ally, have such a bad reputation in America? I hope you will respond. I love your show, even though I don't agree with everything you say. And yes, I'm looking at you, Jesse. <laughs> but how could an ungodly... Jo jo hey, join the club, Alexander. It's a big fucking club. In fact, I'm staring across at someone right now who's reading your email who doesn't agree with very much that I say. Yes. He says, but how could an ungodly socialist Scandinavian ever agree with an American anyway? Winky face. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, you're right. And I guess to answer a couple of your questions, one, first of all, I don't think most Americans do know the difference between kind of social de democratic policy or social democratic, democratic um, thinking and ethos and philosophy and socialism, like socialist. The definition of socialism out of the dictionary would be the, the state runs and owns most of industry and all that. And certainly that's not what you guys are doing. However, I was speaking about it more broadly, that if the government is going to take from me because I have and give to someone because they have not, that is socialist. That, that is a socialist ideal redistribution of wealth and i've generally got a problem with that listen i understand that we live in, in, in even in where you live but together under the, uh, any system of government there's a social contract there's a social compact that 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 has to exist and that we do need to take care of those who who are needy to a certain de to, to, to a certain degree but to to level the bar completely to where those who 
don't have and those who don't have the ability to make wealth and to just completely level the bar and to, to tax those who are achievers and those who are producers to the level that it balances things to a, a great degree, I've got a problem with. Because, let's put it this way, although I'm a smart guy, Bill Gates, far smarter than me. Bill Gates will have, in his lifetime, generated more wealth and given people jobs to where they can have wealth and created tax revenue through all of the different salaries and monies that he pays out more than any human being more god I, how would he even god damn it's it's ridiculous yes he's remarkable yeah so why should that man be taxed personally at a higher rate a higher percentage rate than me just because he makes more if anything because of everything that he has generated and created as a stream of revenue for the government through employee salaries that are taxed through corporate profits that are taxed through everything else he should get a break i don't te technically obviously believe he needs a break because that wouldn't be equal protection under the law we're no different so why should he be taxed at a higher percentage rate than me or even a lower or lower yeah that's it's not equal protection under the constitution it's not equal protection under the law yeah and so i get what you're saying too cuz i struggle with that as well i tend to get a little excited when people talk about taxing the rich more to, more than the poor i'm like well, yeah take their money but yeah but it's an easy thing to do because it is. it's it it's, is it's, it's that whole evolutionary psychology thing where the rich, I'm not rich, so they're not in my group. I'm going to protect my group. It is kind of an in-group, out-group loyalty kind of a thing. Yeah, sure. I, I do see that. But then when you start talking about it in the way that you just did, where Bill Gates is creating so many jobs, he's creating other opportunities for people to become self-sufficient and take care of themselves, and he's creating that. He's creating a sustainable sure. environment almost. No, I'm, I'm picking an extreme example of Bill Gates. Right, right. But, but I, there's I know, many people like that. I know a CEO whom I talk, have talked to at length who used to own. He got ousted. <laughs> but he, he started a company, and um, it's now over 40 years old, and he's a very liberal man. And has thousands of employees, a multi-billion dollar corporation. And he also believes he should be taxed at a higher rate. And I explained everything that I just explained just now. And he still says, yeah, but I have more, so it's okay. But he, that's... I like that guy. You no, know, of course. He's, you know, hippie McGee. He's super more social democratic kind of a guy. Right. But that doesn't mean that... It's like Warren Buffett. Isn't Warren Buffett have the same mentality? Yeah, pretty liberal. But he also has excessive amounts of money. Right. Where a liberal would think it's excessive. Right. You know what I mean? So I guess we're really going far afield here. I, listen, uh, Alexander, I, uh, I, I guess I, I sure did with a little, had a little bit of a disparaging tone when I said socialist bullshit. And all I mean is if you're taking from someone who has... To give to someone who doesn't. That you're not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that social bullshit, socialist bullshit to me. Now, some of that needs to happen. and We all pay taxes. That's great. I think it just needs to be a little bit more dialed back and a little bit more responsible. So, And in no way do we hate Europe. Oh, not at all. No. In fact, there's an airline right now 
<laughs> that we've been looking at that has super cheap fares to Oslo and Copenhagen, and we've been mulling it over. Right. I'm a little suspicious of it now because I've talked to so many people that are like, oh, it's probably too good to be true. I'm like, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> so anyway, on to your next point. One, let me say this. I'm I'm impressed with how much he knows. He's he's really dialed into just how Americans feel and the terms that they use to describe their system of government over there. Well, and when he's talking about Americans getting the wrong idea about Europe, I think he's specifically talking about conservatives. Yeah. Because that's who trash talks the political climate in Europe. Yeah. Primarily. Well, it's, well it's, they demonize. I mean, you know, the, the word liberal for a long time was maybe I don't think so anymore because I really don't identify with the Republican Party. But the, the word liberal was like a dirty word. Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh together kind of created this weird feeling about, oh, I'm not a liberal. People, oh, I'm not liberal. When you know, It's like a slur. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a pejorative term. Yeah. The other thing that I that I wanted to get out there for sure is the fact that when he he signs off and he says that you know he doesn't he doesn't always agree but he still listens and that's great. He gets it. Alexander gets it. You don't have to agree with everything that I say to listen and be engaged and communicate with the show because this is a two-way thing that from the very beginning we've wanted this to be moving the conversation forward. And when I when someone writes in or calls in and they correct me on by, something by saying why don't you use the right terms? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you're right. You're I think right. it's great. Yeah, because I am. I'm getting. I'm getting busted here because I'm. I'm falling prey to the same bullshit that I don't like, which is let's be accurate about the terms. Let's be let's be real with the things that we say. Yeah, you just get a little riled up. Yeah, I get riled up, and you know, like I said. I know that sitting behind this microphone is kind of a bully pulpit. And it's easy. It is very easy to just get wrapped up in this little mini echo chamber that I create by myself. Except for you have me here, and I sometimes S in your mouth. You're starting to more. Yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. But up to this point, I think we've only had two, maybe three tiffs on the show between us. Inside of 77 episodes. But after the show, we've had many more tiffs. Yeah, or before. It's just when I flip <laughs> on the mics, you're so nice, you don't want to tell me to, you know, shut the F up. Yeah, yeah. In in your on-the-air speech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Off the air, that's not really how it goes down. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Alexander, thank you for listening. Thank you for not always agreeing, but sounding off and asking questions. And I would admonish everybody... If you take issue with something that I say, fucking let's 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 talk it out. Let's whether it be dialogue through email, I doubt it at dollamore.com, or dialogue through voicemail and even arranging to have somebody on the show. I don't mind that at all. 657-464-7609 would be the number. Or as always, or not as always, since I just started saying it, record yourself on your smartphone through the voice recorder. And email it to idoubtedatdollamore.com. I hope I answered all of his questions. We went through it pretty well, didn't we? I think so. Okay, good deal. I guess he'll let us know. And thank you. Thanks for, for, for communicating with us, Alexander. We appreciate it very much. And supporting the show. Absolutely. So we have a little bit to say about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby's kind of become the new Pat Robertson of the show. 
I'm sure Burt Reynolds is ready to lose his fucking mind right now. Well, everyone needs to keep updated on it. Well, I think it's it's important because he is such an iconic figure, worldwide figure. I, I don't know exactly how popular he is throughout Europe and Asia, but he is certainly... Um, he is certainly iconic in the United States and beloved by millions and millions of people. And for this stuff to have been hidden in plain sight for so long, these details of these horrific crimes that he allegedly committed, that's problematic. And I really want this stuff to be to be seen in the light of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's new stuff, new allegations. Well, he admitted under oath in 2005 that he gave an exclusive interview in return for the hushing of charges. Right. Well, so this was in 2005. The National Enquirer was going to release new details of other charges. They were going to drop an interview with a former model, Beth Ferrier. Yeah. And he he stepped in and said, I'll give you an exclusive interview if you bury that story and don't 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 publish it and of course because the 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 national enquirer is allegedly a soulless heartless worthless non-journalistic um organization allegedly they decided to go with that because what better to have an interview with bill beloved bill cosby or publish actual hard journalistic news about his rape and assault and criminal behavior, allegedly, against a woman named Beth Ferrier. In the 1980s. So the, the New York Times is the one who released this report, and they said that the admission, the admission was made during a September 2005 deposition at the Federal District Court in Philadelphia. The, the court documents containing the comedian's testimony had been sealed, but were released on Wednesday in response to media requests. So that they just probably did a Freedom of Information Act request. And, you know, because we have an open system, it, it has to be released. So right on. And in his testimony, he said, I would give them an exclusive story, my words. The paper on their part would not print the story of print Beth's story, he said. Yeah, right. So, you know, more evidence of lies and deceit and cover ups and bribe payoffs and, you know, it's it's very damning circumstantial evidence, might it be. But, you know, listen, if you've got, you know, 200 pieces of circumstantial evidence, the preponderance of the evidence kind of leads you down a certain path. Well, and that's why everyone was kind of brushing this off in the beginning. Like, all these women are coming out of the woodwork right. out of, you know... They want money or they're gold diggers. All these things were being leveled against them. But these, we keep on getting more information that shows that these allegations go back further than we have thought. Right. This is 2005. In, in sworn depositions now, we're finding out that... He's been trying to cover it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That's problematic. Very problematic. So that's all we're going to say about it until something really new comes out. Um, I, I would say, I mean, my my first reaction would be to say that he's... Boy, that guy's fucked. What a you know, he's he's donezo. But he's seventy seven years old. He's already donezo. He, he's, <laughs> it's past it's past the 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 statute of limitations in most of these these things. I think the the worst he has to fear one is the court of public opinion that he is he's no longer respected. He's going to go down like Joe Paterno, the head coach of the Penn State Nittany, Nittany Lions, who covered up 
the brutal rape and effective torture of many, many children at the hands of Jerry Sandusky. And they tore his statue down, and he he died in shame because of it. Rightfully so, he died in shame because he knew of and covered up the fact that his assistant coach was raping little boys on campus in the football facility. Well, I think it's going to go down the same way for for Bill Cosby, that he's going to, oh yeah, he was a lovable guy on the Cosby show, and he did those Jell-O pudding pop commercials, but he was a dirty, filthy rapist. Serial rapist. So, we'll see if my... Good times, everybody. <laughs> well, let's lighten the mood <laughs> with a little Ferguson talk. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's really going to lighten the mood. So... We're not really going to talk about, I guess we will in, in the course of talking about what transpired the other night. It was very tough doing the Thanksgiving episode and not getting to the crux of what had just gone down in Ferguson, Missouri. In the wake of Michael Brown's death and and more closely related to the grand jury not indicting... Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson. Yeah, thank you. So... My problem with this whole thing is 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 not how it went down. Although I do think he should have been indicted and and faced a day in court. Now he's off the hook. They might have a civil case. We don't know. My thing is again, it's the mantra on the show that the extreme left is batshit crazy. The extreme right is just filled with just as many nutters, and somewhere in the middle is probably right. And in, the, in response to this, the night of the riots, after they'd released all the information, um, the, 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 the evidence from the grand jury, the left, they're just, it's so ridiculous. They will listen to no valid, reasonable points that the right has. And the right, they are not all ears listening to anything that the left has to say that is reasonable. And there are reasonable points on both sides to be listened to. Right. And kind of what happened was everyone had their minds made up before the grand jury decision came yeah, through yeah, about what right. should have happened. No one was swayed. And then when it came through, they still stuck to what they had previously believed, even though evidence was released and they had the opportunity to review all the evidence. Even though that evidence was released, I saw people posting their rants within two minutes after hearing the decision. So I was kind of impressed that people could speed read through all that evidence within two minutes. Yes, 70 hours of testimony. <laughs> you know, because I just, I feel like they released the evidence. Maybe that would be something beneficial to read since you're so passionate about it and have such a strong opinion. Well, this is the way it's coming down. The left and the supporters of... of um. Of, of Michael Brown, believe that Michael Brown is an angel and Darren Wilson is the devil. And there's no in-between. And it's the opposite for the right. And it, it kind of has broken down on a, on a right-left scale. It on, really, on a, on really liberal, has. liberal conservative. Yes. So, and then the right believes that Darren Wilson is this hero of, of justice and freedom. Yeah. And, and, and Michael Brown is, is the devil who was trying to murder a police officer. Yeah. And I said it on Facebook that night, and I'll say it again here for those of you who don't uh, don't stalk my Facebook feed. <laughs> Maybe I should start putting it on the on the on the page too. Um, it is very possible 
if not likely, that Michael Brown, or no, that that Darren Wilson is a terrible piece of shit, power hungry jerk off cop, and not guilty of murdering Michael Brown. That's very possible. It's also very possible that Michael Brown is a punk kid who just robbed a store who wasn't a good kid who was unjustly gunned down by a cop. Right. He can be both. Right. An asshole kid who rubbed, robs unarmed shopkeeps who gets blown away by a cop who is power hungry and trigger happy. Right. Th- that is very possible. It doesn't have to be, oh, he's an angel and this guy's a devil. It, they can both be bad people. They can. Ca- caught in a very unfortunate circumstance. Right. And either side doesn't want to hear that. And I don't know why that is such a controversial thing to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't either. It's it's controversial to even bring up that robbery video. I mean, it makes liberals so angry. And I'm I'm right. saying liberals, they're they're my fellow people. Right. Well, they it's what he does. He deserve does he deserve to die for that? No, uh, of course not. No, and that's the other not. thing. It's they become these irrational arguments that have nothing to do with anything. You can make an observation about a person and talk about their character. And it doesn't mean that he deserved to die. Well, it's there's all kinds of not just about these two characters, too. There's I've seen this certain picture of Martin Luther King Jr. that ri- the rioting is the language of the unheard. It's ugh. it's when you if you're rioting and you're burning down black owned businesses in your black owned community, in your black community, and you're trying to punish the government. That's those are just opportunists who want to burn buildings and break into stores and loot. Those aren't legitimate protesters. Right. There was a picture that went viral of a business owner. She owns a bakery that got damaged. And there was a picture that went viral of her crying in front of her business. And she's a black woman. And they ended up her friends, I think, created a GoFundMe page yeah, for her yeah. and donations just flooded in. And last I had heard, she had somewhere around 120 grand to rebuild her business. Yeah, that was like overnight that happened. Yeah. And that's who they were damaging. Right. That's exactly They're right. They're damaging this single mother. She's a black woman. She is trying to have this business. She embodies everything they're trying to protect and and support in the course of their demonstrations. Right. And they damaged her business. Right. And luckily she was able to have an avenue where she can get donations and, and rebuild. Right. But what but, about the other people who lost their business? But you can't talk about that because, uh, no, because, well, one, it's race and it's super, it's, it's touchy. And no one wants to talk about the fact that blacks have been not only owned by other human beings, but they've been disenfranchised for 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 many 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 generations and there is a terse relationship between people in authority and blacks they have been mistreated they have been mishandled they have been abused right the the, the numbers of black children black men in this country that are incarcerated is astronomically high the the numbers of men who are who are who are incarcerated for 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 charges that that white people don't get arrested for in the same numbers is daunting and it's problematic, very problematic. So I'm not even saying they don't have a bitch. I'm just saying 
let's go about how we demonstrate and how we look if your beef is with the government and with the system then then demonstrate against the system and against the government that's the other thing. People have been really defending the rioters. And I've seen people posting pictures of Rosa Parks or of Martin Luther King with his arms locked, you know, in a line yeah, with other yeah. people. These peaceful demonstrators and then comparing that to the rioting. It's not the same thing. And they, um, what they did was true civil disobedience. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and all that. And you made a good point that the demonstrations are supposed to get the government's attention. Yeah. And they're interfering with citizens. Right. They're interfering with other citizens. Listen, I would have less problem if they burned down the, the, the Ferguson City Hall than burning down the black-owned hair care product place, the black-owned salon, the, the black-owned bakery, the, 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 the auto parts stores in, in these areas. The car lot, the used car yeah, lot. If you're going to burn something down, burn the courthouse down. Make a statement... That's not going to be popular, <laughs> but that is certainly going to send a message of who against whom you're protesting, against whom you're demonstrating. When you burn down the ladies, the, the single mom's bakery, who the fuck are you hurting? You're hurting her and her family. The government doesn't give a shit about that. The heartless government that doesn't mind gunning down blacks in the street. You think they care about that? Right. If you think they're that fucking terrible that they'll gun down innocent black children in the street, do you think they're going to give a fuck about the woman who owns the bakery or the salon? Let's let's be rational. Let's be reasonable about this. And that's the thing. You can defend the protesters. You can defend and support Michael Brown. And you can also admit that some of the things that they're doing are wrong and yes. that they should maybe be going about it a different way. Absolutely. But what I'm seeing from people, and it's been particularly people on the left, don't get me wrong, I've seen plenty of people on the right saying almost blatantly racist things on Facebook. Crazy. But the left, what they're doing is is basically the same thing that they hate about the right, which is developing strong opinions with you know no evidence. That's right. Just based on how they feel or what they heard in the media. And that's problematic. I agree. One hundred percent. And I just feel like we should all really try to work on being more informed. You know, there were some good things that the prosecutor had to say, actually, regarding essing on the media, particularly due to the fact that they were interviewing people that claimed to be witnesses like a couple days after the shooting. And we have no way to verify that they were. There was all these contradicting right. stories. We don't. It was like a mess of information. Right. And then, well, let me also say this. and We're going to get off this topic. Sorry, Brittany. I don't want you to cut you off, but. Um, for the record, I think Darren Wilson is a terrible person. That is my personal opinion about that. Oh, man. he's a total turd. That when I look at his injuries. Oh, please. It, let me, let me tell you something. I've been in fights. I've had stitches on my fucking face from being in fights and his life was not in danger. Those aren't life threatening injuries. His injuries were the equivalent of how I look when I get embarrassed. It, that's... <laughs> Your face turns red. Yeah. <laughs> my ears and my cheeks are red. Yeah. So don't, for those of you who are wild, irrational, liberal thinkers who who are in full support of the rioters and in full support of the Michael Brown camp, don't come preaching that I'm some kind of a Darren Wilson protector. 
because I'm not. Well, it's also shocking about him, too, is that he gave that interview to George Stephanopoulos. And zero remorse, zero yeah, regret. Said it's, he would have done everything the same. What? Are you seriously saying that? Right. Well, he goes, I, I did my job. Like, that's supposed to justify everything. You can still have remorse and regret in your heart that you took the life of another human being. You fucking hillbilly. Well, yeah, and he should say, you know, of course, I wish that I could have done something differently because someone died. Someone died, right. That's all that you need to say. That, that's no, enough. No, I did my job. I did my job. I, know, I was just... justified. I was legally justified. Oh, don't talk to me. It's insane. And that did... Who is... He doesn't have someone helping him? Like, hey, listen, you're going to look like a DB if and you do he, that. He did. He did. Yeah. That's very funny. His his face looked like you and you get embarrassed. Apparently, he was very embarrassed <laughs> by what had just taken place. Yeah. That's what it looked like. So, you know, what are you what are you going to do? It's it's a it's a it's a topsy-turvy world out there, Brittany Page. Tell you what, I'm glad that day is over because all those posts on Facebook were making me lose my mind. Yeah, I had to I had to turn it off toward the end of the night, toward midnight or so, once the building started burning and it was crazy. I couldn't deal with the irrational, just bullshit. Right. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So apparently UCLA tried to negotiate. They wanted Hillary Clinton to come speak at their college. And they were unhappy with the price that she gave. God damn, I wish we could take calls. This is a time I really wish we could take calls because we could have people guess at how much she, she, she charges for a half-hour speech. Well, I asked you to guess. I was, I was off. Yes, you were. I was under. Yes, you which were. Which is, I usually have a pretty, good, a pretty good grasp of that kind of stuff. So anyway, UCLA didn't like her initial price and said, well... We want to negotiate with Mrs. Clinton. Um, and what did her handler say? Well, the $300,000 price is the special university rate. <laughs> That's my discounted, I'm going to come and enlighten your students with my years of experience and knowledge. $300,000 to speak. Yeah, and this is for 20 to 30 minutes. A 20 to 30 minute speech. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, 300 grand. And so they weren't very happy with that because it's very expensive. And they, you know, the Hillary Clinton camp didn't care because, hey, I'm just an awesome speech giver <laughs> and I deserve to be paid 300 grand for my amazing speeches, which really I'm just super jealous that she can be paid that much That's, to give a speech. Listen, if she's making $10,000 a minute... I think someone working at McDonald's probably might, he might just be worth $15 an hour. Maybe. If she's making $10,000 per minute. And that's the discounted rate for a public university. <laughs> yeah, so there were other things involved in this. They kind of had a lengthy call with her to discuss what she would require. And she required a lavalier microphone. Am I saying that right? Yeah, just a lav mic. It's it's what they pick, clip onto your like your lapel, right? And she said that she would speak from the audience and walk around the stage TED Talk style. They would require a teleprompter for her mm -hmm. and two to three downstage scrolling monitors for her to read from. Hmm. 
And during a walkthrough of the Royce Hall five days before the lecture, the emails that were obtained for, through the Freedom of Information Act show that Clinton's team rejected the podium that they had planned for her to use during the speech. It's a very programmed, especially with the Clintons, unlike maybe any other political entity, um, their operation and their machine is down to the gnat's ass. They, they, they're very, very scripted. Well, she needed to have a specific podium that was suitable for her speech. It's she couldn't just use any podium that no, they had. It's, it, they're wacky. They're very, very controlling about huh. that kind of shit. So, anyway, I guess the only thing that this, how this would tie in is it's it's news about Hillary Clinton coming in to this coming election. But it's also I want everybody to keep this in mind as we go forward that when she starts vilifying the the the, the rich and the wealthy and them them not paying their fair share. I want everybody to remember $10,000 a minute. Every 60 seconds that she flaps her gums, she's earning $10,000. That's a lot of cash. And I'm not begrudging her that money. I'm just saying, don't start talking about how you're one of the regular people and how you were dead broke and all the bullshit that's going to be coming out again. Although I think she's probably going to get her messaging squared away by the time she's officially running for president. So she also had other accommodations that she required. Oh, and, yeah, more and more. And they said that celebrity speakers, it's very common for them to request special accommodations, but it's just weird to read the things that Hillary Clinton wanted. Yeah, well, let me hear them. She wanted a case of still water, room temperature, to be deposited stage right. She also asked that a... She also asked that a carafe of warm water, warm slash hot water, a coffee cup and saucer, and a pitcher of room temperature water with a water glass and lemon wedges be situated both on the table on stage as well as in another room where she would stand for photos with VIPs. And then for the green room, she requested (laughs) (laughs) coffee tea, room temperature sparkling and still water. She what the hell is the deal with loves, this room temperature water? She loves water? the room temperature That's water. That's disgusting. Yeah. I wonder if she likes Arrowhead too. <laughs> she also wanted diet ginger ale, hummus uh, and sliced fruit. Diet ginger ale? Yeah, that's disgusting. Unless you're mixing that with bourbon, that's there is no excuse for diet ginger ale. They also asked for a computer, mouse, and printer, as well as a scanner, which the university had to purchase for the occasion. Really? UCLA doesn't have an extra scanner laying around? Apparently not. Ugh. Anyway, so it, it went off without a hitch, I'm assuming. She d- Did she have a, a pocket thermometer to dip into the glass and, ah, this is in room temperature? <laughs> I don't know if that's how it went down. What they should have done is set the, th- the the thermostat in the room to like 38 degrees. So when the water's super cold, say, hey, you said room temperature. You didn't say anything about the temperature of the room, though. Right. So anyway, moving on in, in politics, not presidential politics, but this happened this last week. Um, every year, the United States president pardons a turkey for Thanksgiving. It's been done since, I believe, Truman. I probably got that wrong, but anyway. I'm sure Alexander will write me an email and tell me how fucking wrong I was. So every year the president pardons a turkey and it's does an actual official um, executive order and pardons whatever turkey. And it's funny and he gives a speech and Obama did this this last year and this year and he, he made his jokes and he had um, Sasha and Malia sitting next to him. His daughters. His daughters. And they didn't see they're teenagers. They're angsty. 
they know everything. You know, they're at that age. And they were not happy or appeared to not be happy to be there. And apparently a, a House staffer works for a congressman. Um, went when she went to Twitter or or a Facebook page and was scolding the Obama girls and telling them that they were being inappropriate. Also saying how they were dressed was inappropriate, which I thought was weird. Her name's Elizabeth Lawton, and she said, Dear Sasha and Malia, I get you're both in those awful teen years, but you're a part of the first family. Try showing a little class. At least respect the part you play. Then again, your mother and father don't respect their positions very much, uh, or the nation for that matter. So I'm guessing you're coming up a little short in the, quote, good role model department. Nevertheless, stretch yourself. Rise to the occasion. Act like being in the White House matters to you. Dress like you deserve respect, not a spot at the bar. And certainly don't make faces during televised public events. I was reading it in the way that I think she well, I was. I, I hesitated because I was going to say, ah, what a bitch. But I didn't want me to everybody to think I was calling you a bitch. I'm calling her a bitch. First of all, let me explain what Sasha and Malia are wearing. So Sasha's the older one. She's the taller one. And she's wearing a sweatshirt. It's like a red carpet fashion show right now. Right. She's wearing a sweatshirt, <laughs> a very nice looking sweatshirt. It's not like it doesn't have stains on it and it doesn't have pink across the chest. It just is a very nice looking sweatshirt with a plaid skirt that's a reasonable length. And she's wearing dark black tights underneath. So she looks very holiday-ish and very, right. very nice. Then the younger one, I don't know how old she is, but she's younger than the older one. <laughs> <laughs> and she's wearing a, a dress that completely doesn't show any cleavage at all. And she's wearing a sweater over it. And the dress is shorter, but she's a little kid. So yeah, and Her hair is pulled back in a bun. Yeah, they look I mean, very nice. They, they look completely appropriate. They don't look like they're going bar hopping. Look, they look very nice. I'm not one to shower the president with praise. I think Everyone, anyone who's listened to this show for longer than five fucking minutes knows I think Obama is a terrible president. But his remarks were funny. He always gives good speeches at the at the, the correspondence dinner every year. He does a bang up job at doing stand up. Oh, he's, he's hilarious. He's a funny guy. He's so, very likable, just like George W. Bush. The jokes that are read written for him, he reads very well. <laughs> well, they are. That's yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, he's I know. Not, He's not just coming up with the zingers about I like own. to believe he's a regular Louis C.K. Yeah, and he's not. He's not. So anyway, he did a good job. It was a funny speech, and we'll put it on the Facebook page so everybody can, can check it out and agree or disagree with us. But th this is the problem with the division between right and left. It's even little things that are innocuous that don't fucking matter in the slightest, they've got to make a big deal about. And it's... It's it, it, it's in effect crying wolf. It's if you're Miss Lawton when you're when you're gonna start talking about things that really matter, I'm not gonna believe you because when you attack the president's daughters, you take away credibility. So next time you have something to say, it's important. I'll think now oh, she's just being an asshole like she was to Sasha and Malia. Right, and then she took an opportunity to talk about how the president and Michelle Obama do not respect their positions or the nation. Right. Are you kidding me? Uh, what is this? Look, it reminds me of a quote that I read in John Haidt's book. Mm -hmm. And can I read it real quick? Yeah, of course. 
I had escaped from my prior partisan mindset, reject first, ask rhetorical questions later, and began to think about liberal and conservative policies as manifestations of deeply conflicting but equally heartfelt visions of the good society. And that really, I I just, I love that quote because people tend to believe that the other side is a That's villain right. yeah. is out to do damage, yeah. that they are dumb, they're hateful, when really we just don't have the same ideas about how to go about different things. Right. That's it. Well, listen, just because you want to reform immigration in this country and or you don't want to do it the Obama way doesn't mean that you're a racist who hates Mexicans. There probably are racists who hate Mexicans on the right, but it doesn't automatically mean that. And just because you want to to open up the borders and allow 5 million new people in to be citizens fast-tracked through the Obama executive order doesn't mean that you're trying to bolster the Democratic vote. Both sides just need to fucking calm down. And not just on this issue, on many, many others. Right. Anyway, we're slowly wrapping it up. We've got two more stories. One is... It's very weird to me. There's a female video game reviewer... In Austra- Alana Pierce, I think is her yeah, name. Alana Pierce in Australia, who apparently... There's this weird movement in the video game scene right now. A, a, a very anti-feminist, anti-woman type of movement. And I guess this girl has been getting a lot of threats on Facebook and Twitter. Rape threats from little boys, little video game nerds. And she has taken a very unorthodox but very very effective way of dealing with it she tells their mom (laughs) so they sometimes give her these threats on facebook so if you click on someone's name on facebook and you go to their profile sometimes in their about me section you can find family members linked to their profile Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming that's how she finds their moms. They write messages such as, I'll rape you if I ever see you, you C-word. They're little, little kids. Well, she doesn't say the ages, but she doesn't give pictures or anything of who it is. But she gave an example here of how she contacted one of the mothers. And she said, hi, Anna. This is a mother's name. I don't know you, but I was wondering if blank is your son. And she crossed out the name. Then you see the mother saying, yes, he is. Why? And she says, I have never spoken to him before, but he sent a concerning message to my public Facebook page today that I was wondering if you might be interested in discussing with him. (laughs) And so she sends the screenshot of the message and the mother says, oh, my God, little shit. I'm so (laughs) sorry. And so I think this is a great method by which to make these kids stop doing this, especially if they're still living at home. And obviously uh, their mother is not going to be happy that they're leveling rape threats against other women. That's one of the things. There's two things that, that questions that are raised by, by this whole thing. And one is why are parents not monitoring their kids' Facebook pages to see what the fuck they're doing when you've got in, in the news all the time, you've got stories about kids bullying other kids creating face Facebook accounts, all the bullshit that goes on, and kids killing themselves as a result of this terrible treatment, why would parents not be vigilant about monitoring what their kids are doing online? That's right. one. Two is it's an odd thing that global trends in behavior of, of young boys can, or anybody, 
can start and catch fire like this because this is apparently something that's going on in the video game community, if you will. This this threat of of rape and and this weird misogynistic, violent, sexual bullshit going on. It's it's very odd. Yeah, it freaks me out that there are people that feel comfortable saying, I'll rape you if I ever see you. When, when did that become a thing? I, I don't know. I certainly didn't grow up with people saying that kind of stuff. A little kid needs to have his ass beat. I mean, you, you level threats like that. If you're going to act like a tough guy, violent guy, you know, maybe a little violence needs to be tossed your way just to, you know, just how... <laughs> How bad it is. Well, he definitely needs a little wake-up call, and hopefully his mom will provide that. Yeah. Well, apparently she thinks he's a little shit now, so... Yeah. And it's not... I don't think it's even just take his Facebook away. It's... you, you need, We're, we're going to be monitoring this now, you know? Uh, anyway, very problematic, very weird, and I think she's kicking ass with this. I think it's awesome. That's what you do. Yeah. You, sh- you out them. You shame them. It's the same thing we've talked about on this show with different people that if you're going to act like an asshole and I'm going to take screenshots of it and put it up, Hey man, you're accountable. You need to be accountable for the things that you say. Right. I had an experience where there was a kid who was bullying my sister on the bus regularly when she was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And so I waited at the bus stop one day and he came off the bus and she came off before him. I'm like, oh, just go, just walk, walk home. And then he came off and I confronted him and I said, if you don't stop talking to her the way that you are, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to your mom about it. And I know where she lives. I I pointed to his house. I said, I know that's your house. And his mom was out waiting for him. I said, she's right there. I could go talk to her right now. He's like, no, no, I promise I'll stop. I'll stop. Right, right. And I was like, all right, good. Well, I think a lot of kids in their own little bubble of, uh, you know, isolation, they, you know, their little crew that they're, they're, think they're little badasses. Right. But when it gets real and you're going to tell their parents, it's eh, <laughs> it's a whole different deal. Right. So, so good for her. Article in the Washington Post, very funny, um, talking about a survey that they did and um, or a survey that they're reporting on, talking about the different fears that Americans have. And they broke it down. Of course, we want to talk about this. They broke it down by conservative and liberal or was it Republican and Democrat? Republican and Democrat. <laughs> and the findings are from Chapman University survey on American fears. And oh. we discussed something similar a couple episodes ago about... Several episodes ago. Yeah, about... Uh, not, not, it wasn't about fears, because one of the things in here is ghosts, being afraid of ghosts. That's what it was, irrational beliefs. Irrational beliefs, right. that's right. So this is about fears. And they found that Democrats are nearly twice as likely as Republicans to have a fear of clowns. They are also... <laughs> They are also significantly more likely to fear bugs, snakes, and other animals, as well as blood and needles. And Democrats are slightly more likely to be afraid of ghosts. What? Well, that's ridiculous because that's not a real thing. I could see being scared of fr- spiders. I get that. They're real. They exist. Yeah, I just had one crawling on the bed, so but I know. Being being afraid of ghosts is ridiculous to me. But I want to talk specifically about the, the fear of clowns for a second. Why is there this weird thing about being afraid of clowns? I know someone who is actually afraid of clowns. And I don't know. I almost feel like it's an attention thing. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe I should see if he'll come on. Yeah. Because it's it's a weird thing. Because where did it originate? I mean, did he see killer clowns from outer space too young? Or like, I don't what know. Happened? I, re- I used to have... Man, this is very funny. I'm just remembering this. I used to have a toy box in my room as a toddler 
and there was a smiling clown, like a cartoony smiling clown with a big, giant grin on his face, teeth showing grin. And I used to have this reoccurring nightmare as a, as a toddler that that fucking clown was out to get me and he was coming for me. Hmm. And my mom used to have to come in my room and soothe me. It's okay. It's just like, uh, get rid of the fucking toy box, all right? Well, would she <laughs> kick the clown in the face or how no, would she I, show you that I, it was not? I don't know. I think just, just tender consoling or, or whatever. But there is a weird built-in thing about clowns that they're creepy. And I think it's a natural thing to be scared of them. I just wonder how it develops. Maybe we should have people on the show t- that have clown fears that can talk about it or any kind of fear like that. Because I, I remember when my brother was a kid, he had a Chucky doll and he was terrified of Chucky. Yo, Chucky was a horror character in a movie. Right. And he was so afraid of Chucky because we were allowed to watch those shows. Yeah, that's reasonable to be afraid of Chucky. Well, so we bought He's him a knife wielding fucking murderer. <laughs> He's fine. So <laughs> my parents bought him a Chucky doll and he would beat the crap out of this Chucky doll and it helped him not be afraid of it because he would just kick the crap out of it all the time. He would fight the Chucky doll. And so he realized he wasn't scared of it because he felt like he could take Chucky if he it ever came down to that. his fear. Right. Yeah. So in this survey, they talk about how um, oh, hang on, before we move on, keep, hold that thought. If you are afraid of clowns or you know someone who is afraid of clowns, I want to get them on the show. This is completely impromptu and unplanned, but I want to explore this. If you could look research up or something, that would be great, Brittany. Yeah, I can Let, do that. Let's let's well, let's get to the bottom of this. I will talk to my friend and see if he is willing to come on in this judgment-free environment and talk about what it is. Not talk about how irrational it is to be afraid of clowns, but to talk about what started it maybe, you know, what just what is it? Is it the makeup? Is it the, the, the big nose? Is it the funny te- uh, feet? Is it that many of them can fit in a tiny car? <laughs> what exactly is the deal? 657-464-7609 or email us at idoubtit at com. We really, really want to find this find this out and get to the bottom of it. So, sorry. Go ahead, Brittany. So the researchers also said that Democrats tend to be more phobia stricken than Republicans. And they said perhaps that's due partly to their belief in the unbelievable, which is kind of weird to me because Republicans tend to be the religious party. And yeah. I think that's believing in the well, unbelievable. They are they are um, religious more so than Democrats. But Democrats, we've learned, still think atheists are the most distrusted group or the, the group to be distrusted the most. De- right. So they're both guilty of this and democrats also are science deniers in areas such as gmos and in other important areas anti-vax yes sure so they asked about a chapman researchers asked about a dozen different phobias ranging across everything from public speaking to zombies (laughs) and on a number of questions democrats were more fearful than republicans but Republicans weren't significantly more fearful on any of them. So overall, fear of public speaking is America's biggest phobia. That is so weird. To, I mean, obviously, it's weird to me, but that's that's very odd. 25.3% say they fear speaking in front of a crowd. Clowns are feared by 7.6%. I wonder exactly what they how they define or determine fear. Like, oh, yeah, a little weirded out by spiders. Like, I wouldn't want spiders crawling on my hand, but I wouldn't say I'm afraid of spiders. I think there's a difference there. I wonder how they delineate that. 
I'm sure it's a what they call a Likert scale of measurement where it's from one to six and one is the least afraid and then six is the most afraid and then you kind of just rank how you feel hmm. about the different topics. I'm not for sure on that, but right. I would just guess that it's that's also, what it is. It's self-reporting, so it could be how they perceive their fear too. Yeah, so... Because I might have the same level of anxiety about spiders, but I perceive it as not being a, a big deal. So I don't report as being afraid where someone is that kind of what am I on the right track? Um, but someone who has the same level of anxiety might be more freaked out by that level of anxiety. So they would consider themselves afraid. No, am I get just. Well, I mean, OK, so if if you were presented like this is how I think they did the question. I don't know because I didn't pull it. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe I'm a DB for that. But <laughs> but typically this is how this kind of survey research is done. And it's with the Likert scale. So if you were presented with the question, what are you afraid of? Um, and then they gave you all of these different options, public speaking, heights, bugs, snakes or other animals, drowning, blood slash needles. And let's say you had to answer the blood slash needles one and you had to choose from one to six how afraid you are of that. Hmm. That's how the question would be asked. Okay. So then you could just put, well, one, I'm not afraid of it. Six, I'm terrified of this. Or three, mm, um, take it or leave it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, <clears throat> I think I'm just, uh, I think I'm just... Uh, Oh, I'm noodling it too much. Okay. But go ahead. All right. Got to want to convolute the whole fucking thing. Okay. So then 7.3% are scared of ghosts and then 8.9% are scared of zombies. So more people are scared of zombies uh, than ghosts and clowns. Yeah. They're afraid of zombies. That is so... That is bizarre. So the researchers kind of say that the partisan difference can be traced partially to education. And they say having a lower level of education, particularly having only a high school diploma or GED or less, was the most consistent prediction of fear. So you're more likely to fear things if you're uneducated. Right. So, so they're saying Democrats are more uneducated? I don't, I wouldn't. In this sample, Democrats tended to be less educated than Republicans. Hmm. Hmm. It's Weird. just a sample yeah, yeah, yeah. of the population, yeah, yeah. but that's what they, they found. And then another big prediction of fear is television viewing. The researchers say watching television talk shows with frequency proved to be strongly related to fear. Talk shows like Maury and Jerry Springer or talk shows, or they just said talk shows? They just said talk shows. Huh. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. So he said also it's unclear whether TV makes people more fearful or whether more fe more fearful people watch more TV. Right. That's th that right there is kind of the crux of where surveys like this break down is because it's not they don't show cause. They just report the data and you have to kind of extrapolate. But that that right there, it could be either people who are more fearful watch more TV, not necessarily watching more TV makes you fearful. It could be either thing. And also, it could be different things other than that. So, yeah, that's interesting. Right. And this article says that Democrats are fond of caricaturing Republicans as fear-stricken Fox News viewers, clinging to guns or religion to people who aren't like them. And this study notes that Republicans are indeed more likely to express anxiety about certain topics like immigration, the government, and today's youth. But it also helpfully shows that Democrats are beset by their own anxieties. Yeah. So... That's Another thing to keep in mind. Very, And this is also Washington Post, everybody, which is not a conservative publication. They, I don't know if they still do, but they owned Newsweek. It is 
it is certainly a bastion of liberal ideas coming out of the Washington Post. It's not. Not a conservative paper. Right. And I like that they say that at the end, because, again, you have these groups of people that like to paint an entire group of people with one paintbrush, the fear stricken Fox News viewers. And it's like, come on, there's reasonable people that watch Fox News. Tone it down a bit. Right. Their guy. (laughs) Right. Awesome. I I like ending the show with some numbers and some thought provoking kind of stuff. Yeah, I should create a survey about fears and people can tell us what their fears are. You should do that. That'd be fun. You just said that, so you're going to do that now. Now I have to do that. Now you have to Mm -hmm. do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Listen, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for spending your time with us as often as you do. We love you for it. If you would like to support the show by doing something other than listening, although we do appreciate the listening, go to dollamore.com. Up in the top right-hand corner, there is a link that says support the show. Inside that link, you'll find an Amazon search bar where you can buy anything that your heart desires. There's also the Patreon link where if you have a little bit of money you'd like to donate to the show per episode, you can do that. We love you. We, again, we're episode 77 here and it is awesome. We 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 marvel every single day. This show is a, a main topic in our lives in planning and developing and doing the research for the articles and talking about stuff and we we comment all the time every single day we talk about how appreciative we are of our audience so thank you very much for Brittany page i am jesse dollamore and this has been i doubt it. his injuries were the equivalent of how i look when i get embarrassed